So Baby Yoda, his name is Gruga or whatever. Baby Groot? <laughs> Baby Gruga is his name. Like there is a new episode of The Mandalorian where the guy, his name is Gruga. In case. Gragu. Wow, you are spoiling this for everybody. Grog or whatever. Who cares? <laughs> I haven't seen it. Is that a big deal? Like, is that like... His name is Gruga, <laughs> like the Mandalorian is like, or anything like that. Or I mean, I don't think it's that <laughs> big of a deal. It's it's treated as a very small reveal, but it is treated as a reveal nonetheless. Yeah, it's like, you know, like um, what's it called? Um, Ray, Emperor Palpatine's your grandfather and baby Yoda's name is Grugo. And then like. Everyone holds on Ray's face as like a single tear, like streams down her face or something like that. Um, That's how I remember so, it going. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, would I love that I think you're that saying. Would the scene. I love that you were saying Grugo, and I like <laughs> honestly just want you to pronounce it differently every time that you say it. <laughs> Graxby or whatever. Still a better Baby name. Baby Graxby. Gravy. <laughs> Gra gravy, gravy, Baxby, <laughs> gravy, baby. His is name it? is Brown Gravy. His name is Baby Gravy. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, let's start the episode. I guess. Click. Remember that record that you bought me like two years ago? Well, I just remember that it's sitting in the closet. So I called you up just to tell you I've been meaning to listen to Ruthie. I've been meaning to listen to Ruthie. Why don't you come over and talk about it? Welcome to I've Been Meaning to Watch That, the podcast where we go through movies, musical movies, we've been meaning to watch and use it as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests. And uh, hey, Ezra. Hey. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> there I am. Uh, been looking for yeah. me for like how long now? <laughs> like maybe a few months. Like, uh, what's it called? Like, um, no, for real. Like, we're, I'm so like, I'm so grateful to have you here. Like, uh, it's really really nice to like have you talking and stuff um so let in the meantime um i got we got a big announcement for the for the regarding the future of the podcast um it's like a really people grow up people things happen and you know people grow apart and stuff like that so the announcement that you know regarding the future of the podcast that i want to make is um i got this fitbit are you going to become one of those people where like having a Fitbit is your personality? Yeah. So I just wanted to like let I I, I know like, you know, people are going to be like, why is Andrew mentioning Fitbits like every other sentence of the when people are like, so what do you think of the album? And I was like, you know, when I was taking my steps, you know, when I reached 10,000, my my goal for the for the um, for the day. I thought the album was good. Like me incorporating that in every opinion I have. And, Not uh, sponsored, gonna... by the way. Andrew just uh, is one of those people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I just hope you are sticking with us with this like, you know, momentous change in the show. And I hope you could respect my creative vision. 
yeah, now for I the think, rest of the podcast. I think we can get through it together. Um, we can yeah. weather the storm, endure it together. Eventually, he'll calm down, I'm sure. Yeah, like, people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, Andrew's sold out. He sold out, you know, his authenticity because he's always mentioning Fitbits. And you would be right, but, you know, that's just, like, the way you the You would be crumbles. right, but uh, your opinion doesn't really matter here because uh, it's our show, so... I don't have a job anymore. I could just get paid in steps. That's, like, by the Fitbit Corporation. I, like, um, for every time I mention the show, they pay me in, like, two steps so you kind of you kind of in a way are sponsored then yeah but not with money or whatever like quote unquote money or monetary value or them acknowledging me in any shape or form you know so andrew do you um but I'm very sad. So in the meantime, let's introduce our guest today. You might know him as one of the hosts of the Three and a Half Walls podcast and a member of the Three and a Half Walls company. And Ezra's partner, it's Jackson Morrow. I'm a little disappointed you acknowledged me because you introduced Ezra almost as a guest and I was going to see how long I could get away without talking. (laughs) By the way, like Jackson has been like, um, Jackson, like, um, was on all of our episodes, like, for the last three months. But, like, Jackson was just on mute. He didn't know how to turn off the mute button. So, hey, Jackson, uh, welcome back to the show. What's it like your, do you have, like, a breakfast, like, do you do you two have, like, a breakfast, like, routine or just like, oh, man, <laughs> I love my... Funny of you to think that I have any sort of routine. <laughs> I don't know, but do you have like a favorite breakfast food or just anything like that? I like breakfast foods, but uh, Mm -hmm. I rarely eat them like for breakfast because breakfast is just an abstract concept. Okay, when you wake up at three in the afternoon, you can eat whatever, whenever you want. Okay, it's it's just a ploy by big breakfast to get you to buy more um Buy buy more uh, oat oats. This exactly. Is from, this is the yeah, second yeah. big breakfast joke I've heard in the last two weeks. Was it you that made the other one? Maybe it's very possible. <laughs> um, but like, and Andrew's um, just got to preach the truth. Okay, it's not a joke. He's <laughs> he's yeah. speaking realness out here. <laughs> I'm being attacked. It's not fun. This is not funny at all. <laughs> um. So like um. Yeah. I. I like yogurt is my answer. Yogurt um, is but anyways, good, like but I never yeah, eat I it love, for breakfast. It's more of like a snack I like, food. Mm, I like those Chobani flips. Like those are my like some of my favorites. Like the you should try some of those. Those are like really like because what? <laughs> <laughs> Jackson was raising his Jackson's hand. Raised I his wanted hand. to speak like, next. What? I would like what the do you speaking got? ball. But also you just seem so like annoyed. <laughs> Jesus. Now I, now I don't want to share my favorite breakfast food with you. What is your favorite breakfast food, Jackson? I'll share it with you. Uh, it's my mom's homemade <laughs> Swedish pancakes that are kind of Those like... are really good. They like taste less like pancakey because pancakes are like thicker. Um, and they're just like more... Uh, I don't know, like of like a they're just know. a little less airy of a dough and they have more sweetness behind them because they're made with a lot more sugar than standard pancakes. Yeah. Wow. Well, speaking of like the Swedish pancakes of holidays, let's uh, talk about like uh, the mesh of the two. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Great transition. By Henry Solid. Selleck. 
Um, we did 10 it. 10 out of 10. Directed by Hen- <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Directed by Henry. We got him. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mambo number five. <laughs> by the way, I just want to say that I love in the movie that there is like there's a visual mention of Thanksgiving by like having a turkey there. But other than that, they just don't acknowledge it. That's honestly how it should be. Like we just we just should stop celebrating it. We should eat food. But like, let's just fucking like just stop it. It's a colonizer's holiday. (laughs) Well, like this is a to be like, you know, we could get into it a little more, but Jack Skellington is kind of a colonizer, but like, let's go, let's uh, get into it a little bit later. Um, so okay, Jackson, we'll, put, your... we'll put a pin in that because we'll I want to, that. I want to hear your thoughts on that. But uh, I do have like a specific take about that, like kind of cultural appropriation and like what it's trying to say about that. But like, let's uh, talk to Jackson first. Hi, are we talking to me now? Yeah, sure. Yeah, what are your uh, Halloween and Christmas thoughts? I always really enjoyed Halloween. Um, My favorite ones were just like uh, tying back to something we were talking about earlier. I had like multiple Bionicle costumes for a couple (laughs) different Halloweens. So those are the ones that I definitely had the most fun with. And then kind of progressing through the holiday season, it was when I got a lot of breaks from school and got to see a lot of my extended family, which at the time I was on pretty decent terms with. And Christmas, I've always just had a lot of love for because it was kind of like where I was free to openly celebrate all of my special interests at the time. Which were exclusively Bionicles. No, actually, uh, Star Wars was a big part of that, especially early on. Some of my most memorable Halloweens were later when I was more into Bionicle, but some of my most memorable Christmases were like between 2002 and 2004, where all of the Star Wars merch for Attack of the Clones and subsequently the Clone Wars was out, and I got stuffs from all that, and it was so fun. Yeah. What about you, Ezra? Like, what are, what are your like, uh, what are your thoughts on Halloween and Christmas? Uh, yeah. So I'll start with Halloween because I have um, more complex thoughts on that, I guess. Um, but yeah, Halloween, uh, I wasn't allowed to celebrate that growing up, actually, um, because uh, my mom on my oldest brother's first Halloween, she had him all dressed up and uh like was ready to take him out trick or treating. And um, I guess like it fell on like a Sunday or something like that, like a day that there was church. Um, So she went to church that day and um, they talked about uh, Halloween, like the origins being like evil or having to do with the devil or something like that. So then she decided that she uh, didn't want to like she changed her mind about it. She didn't want to celebrate it with any of us. Um, And uh, so she didn't take my brother out that day and uh, none of us ever got to celebrate it. So Halloween for me was often associated with like um, people would Uh, like in class, like do fun crafts and stuff like that, or like watch like fun movies or something. And uh, I like because of like my family's rules and stuff, like I would have to like sit outside the classroom and like read or something like that. Yeah. (laughs) 
So I got a lot of progress done on like books that I was reading at the time, but it kind of sucked because I was left out of things that looked really fun, like just painting pumpkins and stuff like that. Um, then when I got into um, adulthood, like by that time, I thought that uh, it seemed um, like a really uh, interesting holiday because I always liked the idea of like um, dressing up because like I have a very um, like eclectic like fashion sense and um, I love anything that gives me an excuse to just, uh, like, go full out in that and that, like, nobody's going to judge me. And honestly, I think that, like, uh, just getting a little bit deeper into it because I'm me and I can't help but to do that. <laughs> um, Please, I love it. Yeah. But, uh, like, I often call Halloween gay Christmas. The reason that I do that is um, because, like, from what I've noticed, like, uh, queer people tend to have, like, a special fondness for Halloween. And I think that, like, a large reason for that is because of that expression that, um, like, we're able to uh, get out of that and stuff like that, where, like, people, uh, like, don't really judge you as much. Like, you can look more traditionally masculine and wear stuff that's more traditionally feminine and not be, like, as judged for that. And um, you can like play around with um, different styles and different looks and just kind of be whoever you want to be just for one night and uh, actually be like rewarded for that rather than put down. Or I think that it's just such a cool holiday for that reason. And uh, plus, I mean, it's just fucking free candy and shit. Like, who doesn't want yeah. that? Nightmare Before Christmas was actually uh, one of the first um, Halloween movies that I saw. And so it definitely holds a special place in my heart because of that. So that's kind of my thoughts on that. Christmas, uh, Christmas is OK. I really like some elements of it. Like I like the snow and stuff like that that comes with the season. But that's more of a winter thing. And I like all the lights that people put up in decoration. It's just people are really hypocritical and like get really stressed out and like rude to each other. And especially to like um, people who work in like uh, low wage jobs. Um, just because like they take out their frustration of like last minute shopping or like whatever stressors like that. Um, the um, employees of these uh, places that don't pay their employees nearly enough. It's not as fun. Like people say that it's supposed to be about like giving and um, just kind of like the joy of like uh giving gifts and like being with your family and stuff like that. But like being with my family is always a complicated experience for one thing. And for another thing, um, like it's not like it doesn't end up uh, being about like uh, this joy and happiness and peace when like people consistently um, like in, in order to get their own joy and happiness and peace, um, step on other people's. And so like, aside from the, um, warm drinks and snow and like cool weather and like lights and stuff like that, it's not, it doesn't 
really holds a lot of like magic for me anymore. Yeah. I first of all, thank you. That was all so lovely. I, I was like really like moved by all of that. And um uh so let's talk about Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh so Ezra, you said this was like one of your first like Halloween movies you've ever seen um uh jackson like what is your kind of like what were your kind of like preconceived notions before i'd heard a lot of the people that i didn't like in high school talk about it and uh kind of set me on this path that i probably wouldn't enjoy it with those two facts combined but um i was drawn in by just the clever filmmaking of it and then later on, this is technically spoiler territory, but if somebody had told me that the U.S. military shoots down Jack Skellington with artillery years ago, I probably would have watched this movie. <laughs> so if anybody's on the fence about it, just know that artillery pieces are in play from the U.S. military. By the way, something we need to like get out there is like Jackson loves America. He, this is his favorite place. So um, let's... Uh, <laughs> we took the moon. Uh, let's, uh, so technically the moon is my favorite yeah. place, but since America's is the only flag up there it's technically ours it's the moon is the we colonized the so. moon exactly yeah we only yeah. sent white Arkansas men doesn't there. count yeah um so uh yeah so as you like said like this is like your first like halloween movie uh when did you like first like see this like when did you kind of like first like see it really oh uh, yeah so i saw this uh trying to think um, sorry, my years just like I saw blend together in my adult life. No, that's fine. Trauma. I think like I've seen I think I've seen this in high school um, and uh, like the for, for the first time, I think they showed it in like an art class or something like that. And they're the 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 art teacher was just like, yeah, we're not drawing today. We're going to look at this movie. Um, so <laughs> gotta um, love it when they do being... that. <laughs> I believe my art class did that like with Iron Giant for no reason. I remember seeing this in high school. I remember being kind of like not scared of it, you know, per se, but like um, not like scared of it in that way. But like I, I was like um, I kind of was like even then very cognizant of like how like twisted it was and how like, you know, Oh, this isn't typically what I see with like animation. This isn't typically the type of thing I kind of like, you know, with like, you know, Pixar movies or um, even the Pixar movies that like kind of play with more adult themes a little bit, like how like overtly kind of spooky and like kind of creepy it is. Like, so I was kind of like, and I remember the boogeyman number, um, but like that was about it. Like, um, and uh, I remember like, um, there's like a group of like emo kids at like my school, um, whom I, whom I'm still friends with. Like they're good people, but like uh, like a bunch of like. Emo Are you kids, saying like, that to reassure like, me so that I don't? Yeah, no. <laughs> send the other emo I'm kids. I'm tweeting Ezra right now. <laughs> um, but like, um, yeah, like I, I like uh, they used to like sing like. Uh, the kid, not the Santa Claus, beat him with a stick, lock him up for 90 years, see what makes him tick, like that song. And I'll be like, what are you, what? I was like a very like sheltered, like Christian kid. I was like, what are you just singing about? And then they'll be like, it's not in my good Christian suburbs. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. By the way, uh, uh, just delayed answer to your question. I remembered now uh, it was when I was 20. So 2016 was when I first saw wow. this movie. Yeah. 
So I didn't wow. celebrate Halloween until I was 20 years old. Yeah. And like, uh, that's like really my memory of it. So like, um, but yeah, I don't think I appreciated it nearly as much as like I kind of do now. Um, so it was like a real treat to revisit this. So uh, let's uh, get some, you know, let's delve into this, this movie some more right after this break. Dot, 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 dot. All right. Still doing so, that, I uh, see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, are they, do they have plans to like make like Teenage Yoda or whatever? Like, uh, like they did with Groot in fucking Infinity yeah. War? I would be concerned hmm. if they did. That'd be weird. <laughs> Just like. You're not my real dad. <laughs> my real dad, like you're not. Jesus Christ. Let me go jack off in my room. Yeah. <laughs> Mandra's like, we got to finish this mission. And then like baby Yoda's room is locked. It's like, ah, oh, come on. <laughs> you've I have been to the, use the vac tube. Gene Yoda, you've been in the shower for like an hour. What are you doing? <laughs> you can't keep making these jokes. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any other context for what you guys were saying, but that was still funny. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get back into it. So uh, welcome back to I've been meaning to watch that the podcast where we go through movies. We even mean to watch and use it as a conduit to learn about each other and our guests. Uh, so, uh, yeah. What did you feel like were some of like the theme? Like, what did, what do you feel like this movie was trying to like say? Like, what was like the takeaway from this? <laughs> Um, to me personally, it just kind of felt like oh. a neat idea somebody had. I think you brought up an interesting point earlier, both of you, about it uh, kind of touching on colonialism. But I don't think that was intentional in the way that it's presented. Before recording this today, um, I was watching, uh, like I rewatched Nightmare Before Christmas and then I had some extra time. So I was just watching like some behind the scenes stuff and, uh, like some of the stuff was like really neat to see how they did like the claymation and stuff like that. Um, like it, that's just the execution of this was fucking brilliant. But, uh, as far as the themes and the overall writing, I do think that it was pretty weak. And um, like, I think that uh, something that points to that a lot is um, like they had a like kind of a sit down with uh, Tim Burton. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he uh, like so they sat him down and talked to him a little bit about the story and they uh, talked to the um, composer as well. And uh, the composer mentioned that um, Tim Burton didn't really have a script at the time that he was being asked to write these songs. He uh, more so just had like general ideas of what he wanted. And so he was kind of given these vague ideas of like what to write these songs by. And I think that that explains to me pretty well why it's so mismatched with like the songs being like really fucking good. Um, but then like the actual um, script and the uh, like overall themes and all of that. Um, just being a lot weaker and not really living up to everything else surrounding it. Like, I don't think that it's the um, actual like script writing that makes this a good film by any means. It, it feels like just like 
like we just have to get to the next song because like the yeah song, we know that the it, song will be a big exactly it feels like it's just hastily thrown together so that um they can like it feels like as far as the writing it's hastily thrown together so that they can get to the next song like the actual again like with the visuals like that was just really really well done but uh with the um like writing and themes it's very clear that they didn't have a clear vision it was more of like vague concepts at the time of sitting down to actually write the script it's just so lacking in these other parts and it's like i'm rooting for it like i i'm not criticizing it because i want it to do poorly i'm criticizing it because i want it to like be really good but it just like doesn't live up to that yeah and like, yeah, like I said before, it just like seems like the germ of the idea is like, what if like a scary guy took over? Like, what if like a scary Halloween guy took over Christmas? And like, what if those worlds, what if those aesthetics kind of like mismatched and stuff like that? Um, and then, um, yeah, the characters are kind of thinly constructed. Like, I was never quite sure. Jack Skellington like is like the most like fleshed out character, like pun not intended. Uh, but like, um. He like he's like, you know, his motivation is like, you know, he's an artist. He's like a and he's like experiencing burnout. And then like Christmas is like, you know, makes him feel inspired and stuff like that. Like that's like the thing driving him the most. But like the other characters, I'm not really quite sure what their deal is. Like just like Sally is just like kind of pining after Jack, you know? Yeah. Just like quietly. Like moment at the end and stuff like that when Jack and Sally get together is very unearned. Uh, like you can tell that she has feelings for him because she tells you that she does, but like she hardly ever <laughs> actually interacts with him. She yeah. like kind of stalks him and uh, does some stuff like to try to uh, like she's clearly supposed to be like morally grounding and stuff and like does some stuff to try to help. But like she is not her own fully fleshed out character. And uh, he, like, doesn't really acknowledge her hardly the entire time. Like, at the very end, like, you know, when Sally and Jack save the day, Jack is like, I never realized that you were like, like, oh, because you helped me out. I guess that means we love each other. Yeah. Just like, it's kind of like, just like, uh -uh. about like the last like 20 minutes of the movie is like, okay, we got like, we've been animating this movie for 500 years. We got to just wrap it up. We're yeah. on budget. <laughs> yeah, no, I get that. Like with uh, that type of animation, like a lot of work goes into it and like, it's gotta be like uh, exhausting, but like, ideally you have a plan beforehand and like, you don't just want to hastily wrap it up at the end. Like you have it clearly mapped out beforehand so that you don't spend time animating things that uh like ultimately uh like make for a very like hasty or like unfulfilled storyline um right but yeah i agree with you that like none of the characters aside from jack really have uh their own like a lot of personality and motives yeah like uh, the like evil characters, it's like, OK, but like, why are they this way? 
<laughs> Wait, like, what you're is, telling what me that the, the mayor like, whose face swaps around for no discernible reason is not a complex character? <laughs> no. And then no. it's like, Sally, like, I, like... I love the idea of Sally and the, like, potential behind her character. Um, and, like, I get why so many people, like, get attached to her character and, like, want to dress up as her and have, like, um, figures of her and stuff like that. She, like, isn't a fully formed character and, like, she's not really allowed to have her own motives unless it serves, like, Jack and like the larger plot, like she's really only brought in when it's time for her to like do something sneaky or poison someone <laughs> like in order to like kind of further things like other than that, she's just kind of hiding in the shadows and doesn't really talk to anyone. Yeah, I wish they did a little, little more Sally. I wish they made her like funnier too. like she, uh, once again, Catherine O'Hara is like such a funny actor, like and like just like I wish they like. Also, her songs kind of like that's my low light, really, like is like kind of like her song is kind of just like, man, I wish she had feelings for me. Just like and just like it's like one minute. Long yeah, her something. entire character just centers around. Um, Notice me, senpai. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's Notice me, senpai. And OK, now I'll be a convenient plot device. She's not even that strong of like a moral ground or like a blockage for like. You know, she tries to, like, halt Jack's plans, but, like, they're just, like, blown past so quickly that, like, you might as well just not have her there. Yeah, like, I, know. I don't know. Like, at that point, um, don't have her there. Have her, like, in another scene that actually, like, helps build her character. Like, they just don't really care about um, building them up at all. Um which, again, with Sally, it just really sucks because, like, she uh, does seem to be, like, pretty clever and stuff like that. Like, getting out of these situations um, and, like, trying to help, like, Santa Claus escape. And, like, she, like, in these moments that, like, she's kind of used as a plot device and stuff, like, she, uh, I think, is utilized well. I just wish that we got, like, more of her. Especially because, like, she has such, like, a visual, like, it's, you know, when people, like, when there's, like, a Nightmare Before Christmas, like, you know, hoodie at, like, Hot Topic or something with, like, her face on it or whatever. Like, she's, like, become, like, it's more so that, like, it seems like people kind of project more so of, like, man, she's she's so cool looking and stuff like that and, like, kind of projecting. That's kind of something that I was thinking about earlier, too, with, like, the relationship of, like, Jack and Sally. Like, um people uh kind of like talk about the relationship like it's something more than it is and like it's something that's more romantic and built up than it is and i think that that's a lot of like people projecting stuff onto them and um i don't know maybe that's like the point and like what they're designed to be but i think that it's just kind of lazy writing personally I think there's like a song I can't remember, but there's like a song back from like emo days that's like uh, about like a love like Jack and Sally or something like that. And after seeing like the movie, it's not really like something to pine after. But if you yeah. project enough onto it, I guess it can be. 
Like, or if you're yeah. just looking at aesthetics, yeah, that's fucking rad. <laughs> yeah, it's and it's better. At least it's not like Harley Quinn and Joker, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is <laughs> much better ideals, and uh, like for like the little amount of stuff that you were given about Sally, at least, you know, like, uh, she's clever. She looks cool and she somewhat has morals. <laughs> like those are things that matter, but like, um, I can see like why people would like specific like elements of her and like why she would become like more iconic and have like hot topic hoodies and shit like that. Uh, my, my last thing about like, just like Sally, um, and first and really quickly, it's like kind of the same thing with the boogeyman or just like, I don't know what his deal is. Like, I don't know what role he yeah. plays in the town. He just seems like a, he just seems like he loves gambling and he, he's, but the thing, that's so disappointing too. Like he has such a good look and, he, and like a cool voice and his song rips and it's awesome. But then it's just like, I love, like he, he just like, I love to gamble and I, you know, I eat bugs and stuff and that's it. Like, um, I would, I wish the writing of the villain was a little more iconic, right? Yeah. Some, a, a little bit of like motive of why he's doing anything. I like you know? leggy. I'm made out of bugs and, uh, <laughs> I like to gamble and, yeah. uh, I'm evil and that's all you need to know about me. Um, but Jackson, do you have any, like, uh, any takeaways, uh, like any themes or anything? Like we're going all over the place, but like any like kind of themes and stuff that, or yeah, sorry for ruining you your structure. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Um, not really more than any what anybody else has talked about. It feels like this was just the first draft of a script thrown together to accompany all this music. I don't know. It's one of those movies that just it feels like the first draft of a script. It's not very strong and it's also not very long because they knew that they had a very short amount of time they could do because stop motion is such an expensive form of filmmaking that they really did need to condense and condense and condense. What is the final running time of this movie? Isn't it sub 90 minutes? An aggressively short film. And the script kind of shows that they put as little money into any other segments as possible. Oh. And instead went for uh, making sure that the animation and the character design was top quality, because something that we keep coming back to is that every character looks really cool. And I think that's where they decided to invest most of the budget for this film. So I have this I have this very thought out, not thought out, but like I have this like really particular take about this movie and like about like like maybe like the more um kind of like we talked a little bit about like colonialism we talked a little bit of like yeah like let's hear jack your being, colonialism take yeah so jack being like a cultural vulture culture like a culture vulture kind of i'm just like so like you know jack like it's also i like, like that about, you said like, that you know, in the most like drawn out way a cultural vulture <laughs> real proud of that like one jack. aren't you bud <laughs> But Jack is like a, you know, he's like an artist. He's like, you know, he's like, um, I talked a little bit about like this feeling like, you know, Halloween town feeling like a community theater troupe. Just like they're putting on a show every Halloween. And everyone, like because at the end of the This is Halloween song, everyone is like, 
wasn't that terrifying? We did it. You know, they love they love being scary. They love being like and they're so cute, honestly, even though there's like they're kind of freaky, like they're like they're just like doing some crazy like la 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 la. Like, and they're like just like doing a little <laughs> dance and stuff like it's so cute. It's like it's and they're, they're just like so happy to be scary. Like they there's a line in the song like, um, you know, that's our job, but we're not mean. We just love being scary or something like that. Um so, yeah, Jack is like, you know, a frustrated artist. He's like a, you know, he's experiencing burnout as an artist. He's like the star of like this community troupe, but he wants to like, you know, he's he's kind of tired of it. So he gets inspired. He visits this new place and he's he feels inspired again. And he wants to share this wonderful thing with everybody. He wants to sh- say like, look, guys, Christmas. This is something we could do, too. You know, this is something, you know, so like he goes to another culture and he like kind of like tries to like bring it over to Halloween town. And then he's like, they're not getting it. So Jack is like, OK, so I'm going to. I am going to uh, do study this as much as I can. I'm going to make sure I could explain this. Uh, I could explain this and understand this. And every time he tries to like touch it, he like kind of it kind of like blows up or it kind of like gets ruined. Like the Christmas thing, he the Christmas things he kind of like touches, like kind of get ruined. Like the the candy cane melts or like you know there's or like uh, it's kind of like when you like touch. If you like touch a butterfly's wings, it can't fly anymore because like the oils of your fingers like kind of prevent the, you know, it's a beautiful thing. So if you but if you touch it, then it can't fly anymore. Um, So, yeah, like he's and like Sally's kind of like discovering like, oh, because we're Halloween creatures. And if we touch Christmas stuff, it twists it, it perverts it in a way. Um, And then like then Jack's like. You know, maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe, you know, and then he starts being resentful. He starts getting like upset, like, you know, it should belong to everybody. This this. Why do they why are they the only ones who get to enjoy this Christmas thing? I want to enjoy Christmas. I want to be Santa Claus. Ah, me, you know, and then he like goes. He tries to be, you know, he tries to be like Chris, like, you know, Santa Claus and he ruins Christmas town and then his his thing is like santa's thing is like yeah don't do that as the arbiter of like my own culture i i can you know i'm the one who's supposed to do this like you you stay out of it but i'll give you a little snow in your little land so you could like kind of just like appreciate it for what it is so yeah there's that that's kind of like my like broad like and obviously they're i don't think they're thinking about this too hard like i obviously they're not thinking about this too hard and, you know, it's like there's a lot of fascinating stuff, but just like, though, you know, I, I compared like uh, uh, what's Jack Skellington to like a colonizer. But it's also like um, it seems like Christmas in this movie is the dominant culture. It's like because Christmas town is beautiful and it's an affluent town and like Halloween town is decrepit and fringe and like kind of a slum and a little grow and like. That's also like how we think of like Christmas and like, you know, Halloween, where Halloween's a little weirder and stuff like that and like less popular than Christmas. Um, So like it's also like it's not exactly like culture appropriation of like white culture taking from like a different culture or something like that. It's like kind of like a minority culture wanting to assimilate to like a bigger culture, like the dominant culture. So, yeah, I don't know. That's just that's just a lot of fun things to think about.
And uh, yeah, yeah, like I don't know. I don't know that um, calling him a colonizer is uh, <laughs> necessarily the um, like best way to get the to. point that yeah. you're making across. But like, I do get the point that you're making. It's kind of uh, like a good um, like parallel, a good uh, what is the word that I'm looking for? Uh, metaphor. <laughs> I'm tired. Um, a good metaphor <laughs> for uh, like um, how, what to do uh, when you want to like appreciation versus like appropriation of another culture and stuff like that. It's like kind of um, a good like insight into like how that could work with like the way that like Santa Claus like uh, does like end up sharing that uh, like a, a little piece of that in the end um, like don't do what Jack did and like fuck it up and try to claim it as your own and all of that um, but like uh, don't um, but like uh, maybe like if you're chill about it, <laughs> somebody yeah. will be willing to share a piece of their culture with you. I think his problem is just like he should like be able to love Christmas. He should be able to be like, wow, this is cool. But then like when he like kidnaps Santa Claus and tries to be like, hey, it's me. I'm Santa. Like that's the when you kind of like like. Hey, like, you know, it's me in blackface or whatever. Yeah, like that. And like, I do get yeah, why like you the, called him a colonizer. <laughs> but like, he, yeah, it doesn't the make idea sense. Of, like he's ruining it, you know? Yeah. He's like, yeah. Because he's like taking this culture and like stepping in and like saying, I am the face of this culture now and like perverting it. Uh, uh, let's go through some songs. Let's just talk about songs. Like, um, what were some songs that you guys liked or disliked? Um... Let me pull up the list of songs here. Yeah, that would help for me. I know for sure that What's This is probably my favorite, in part because I actually really like the uh, uh, Elfman line running behind it. Just the fun rhythmic changes, too, and just, like, how all the lyrics are, like, the melodically, like, it kind of has a verse, chorus, verse, chorus, like, structure, but, like, all the words are different. Like he just like he's just like it's so it like, also, fun and whimsical. It just fits with the animation so well. Like hearing the like what is this? Like as he's like yeah. stomping up the hill <laughs> and stuff is just so fucking good. <laughs> I just like and like I like the you know the art direction of just like Christmas Town too. Of just like how they distinguish the two like you know worlds of just like. You know, it is like the Christmas town is very much like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, just like kind of that sweet, innocent, like sugary, you know, thing of just like all the elves are sweet and like all that stuff. Yeah. And it's kind of uh, cool seeing like Jack interact with that for the first time and just like how excited he gets, because like uh, that also like. Um, especially, uh, since this was like one of the first, if not the first, uh, Halloween movie that I saw, um, it was kind of cool seeing, uh, somebody like, like seeing him, um, have those feelings about Christmas, like while I was having those feelings about Halloween and experiencing that for oh, the first time. Wow. 
It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And like, uh, also, um, I definitely like. I think that like the um, just way that like that like the backing like music is done is like very like magical. It like combines like a very like Christmassy feel with like uh like i don't know it's just like the perfect um touch of like christmasy feel without it being like too much like it's like it perfectly captures like that like childlike excitement of like experiencing that for the first time kidnapped sandy claus i think is a banger i think that's so fun I, it's like definitely the most like twisted like lyrically i've just like Beat him with a stick, lock him up for 90 years, see what makes him tick. Is that what they're talking in, about bits. in that song? Not in my good <laughs> yeah, Christian <it's>, suburbs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like um, Paul Rubens and Catherine O'Hara are like the main two voices in it. Like she, Catherine O'Hara is like doing like the little kid too. Like, so that's like really fun. Now, like, you know, um, versatile her vocal performances. Um, oh, I can't believe that we just skipped right over Jack's Lament like that. Like, who even are you guys? I'm Jackson. I think it's fine. <laughs> I like it. It's good. Um, fight now. <laughs> put simply, as somebody who comes from a realm of previously having been on record as not liking musicals until I was shown Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Uh, coming into this, I don't really remember that many of the music cues, but uh, Kidnap the Sandy Claws and What's This Really Stick in My Mind. Jack's Lament does too but no i, I understand it's definitely like more low-key yeah but it's, it's I still song. really good and uh like stands out to me after having seen this multiple times and i really like it the visuals are pretty iconic of like him climbing up that weird hill thing um like that weird like curvy hill mountain i love that i really wanted to i had a brief thought where i really wanted to recreate that and on my island and animal crossing but there's no way to do anything like somewhat curved in animal crossing which is really sad give us the curvy shapes it's a it's a fun song like i was like kind of like it grew it definitely grew on me like i was kind of like this song feels a little shapeless. Like the song feels just like stream of conscious, like, oh, da, 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 da. And then just like, I can do the, da, 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 Shakespeare quotations. I just like, it feels a little shape. It feels like it doesn't have like, um, it definitely does have like the verse chorus, like structure, like something recognizable, but like, it's like less, more subtle, I guess. Yeah. And Personally, I can really appreciate a subtle song, but I mean, it is a lament. What were you expecting? <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought it was fine. Uh, yeah, I liked it. I liked it just fine. So I think all the songs uh, in this movie are at the very least good. The majority of them, I would say, are great. There's a couple that I would put lower than others. Some of that is personal preference and some of that is how often I have heard them throughout the years. Oogie Boogie Man's like very catchy, like, but once again, just my complaints are just like the Boogeyman being a nebulously crafted character, just like he's I, not even I, the I bad guy until the last 20 minutes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like he did, he's like kind like, of like, a bad guy, but no, like not really like 
the bad guy. He's like just as bad as everyone else, like very Halloween. He introduces himself in the This Is Halloween song, too. So you kind of expect yeah, he's to like be a normal of part troop. of the neighborhood. But then they're like, oh, we keep him locked in the basement. Yeah, he's like a masochist. He's like a. I lo- I just love the design of just like he's a burlap sack filled with bugs and like, <laughs> you know, just like that's not what you oh, think about. Oh, to be a burlap see. sack filled with bugs. I would like to be anything <laughs> but that, please. <laughs> but but like the idea of just like, you know, when you say boogeyman, that's not like your immediate thought of like. So it's like a kind of an original creation of just like, you know, how that's constructed. And also like, you know, in stop motion like how tactile he feels like is really cool too. And yeah, the, the, his death is pretty spooky. His death is pretty like disturbing a little bit, just like how, how like, you know, his bugs fall into like the lava or whatever. Um, so, um, yeah, I don't know. Any other songs, any other like stray observations or thoughts or anything like that? Uh, I really like the bit where you have like the um, what is it called? Like the uh, music group like that plays like. Oh, the quartet. Yeah. Uh, Doing jingle bells as like, a dirge. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. I really like that, like repeating bit where they play like Christmas music <laughs> as like. <laughs> just like a dirge, like just as the um, like minors key and like the most like <laughs> depressing way that you can play it. There's something like that. Yeah, that's even happier than they made it. Yeah, no, there's just like dun 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 dun. They mess with the notes a little yeah. bit or something. Yeah, it's just really good. It's but really good. Yeah. yeah, I just uh, need that to be on record. That that's one of my favorite bits in the movie. The best bit in the movie, I'm willing to say. What, you don't it's like so f- the... Uh, for how often you mention it, you don't like Jack getting... Uh, shot down out of the sky. Uh, I would call that a bit if it happened repeatedly. Oh, I guess. <laughs> Although enough. I guess I could just loop the movie to like standard nowadays feature length at two and a half hours and then it would keep happening. <laughs> Blow that sleigh out of the sky. Anyways, um, last Jedi. Um, so like, um, what's it called? Um, uh, I love, um, uh, yeah, all the visual comedy is so good. I think like, just like the, the, the black cat that's like a little alarm, just like sound the alarm. And it's just like a black cat. They like kind of just like crank the tail of it. Like, it's so funny. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, just like all the creatures, the designs are so fun. Um, just like um, fro- all the frog's breath bits, you know, that's so like, just like the, this like the, I think that's where they put the attention in the script. Of just like jokes like that or just like, you know, um, just like making sure that the universe is something I would want to like kind of live in for a little bit. I think that's where they put the attention instead of just like it's very like very much just hero's journey of just like he comes back like the hero of both worlds, like master of both worlds a little bit. Um, Yeah. And like, um, I don't know. I wish like Jack's like arc was a little bit more just like, you know when when he goes to christmas land and like he terrorizes all those kids with like his like you know scary gifts and whatever 
I wish he kind of like comes to the conclusion of like, oh my gosh, I love scaring people. You know, he just like, he's, he's like, his thing is like more in the movie. It's more like they didn't like me as Santa. Well, I'm going to be scary. I just wish like maybe he found some, some found some fulfillment. Yeah. Like it still wasn't really like there was kind of a loose end in that like he didn't really like his burnout wasn't like really resolved or anything like that. And he didn't find enjoyment in anything. It was just kind of like, well, they don't like me there, so I guess I'll go back to this. Yeah, I guess I interpreted yeah, yeah, exactly. this slightly differently in that this was kind of like a monomythic place above the actual real world, and each holiday had designated times that they visited their that world. So, like, had previously oh, gone cool. there in Halloween. Otherwise, this brings up the idea that Christmas Town has armed forces. <laughs> and I'm not sure how oh, I feel about that. that's a good that. point, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, it's like, uh, I don't Santa Claus is the Jeff Bezos of Christmas town. just like, how like, <laughs> he's running Santa, a year round business. And, like, Santa Claus know, is the Jeff like, Bezos of, uh, like holiday figures really. <laughs> and I think it's about time someone said it. Yeah. Anything else? Any other, any other things? No. Like, um, I think it's a very charming movie. Um, I can see why so many people like it. And I find it enjoyable. I wouldn't put it into any of my favorite movies, but I would say that it was an enjoyable watch and is fitting for the season. Uh, yeah, like let's get into like final ratings. Like, how well would you rate this uh, movie? You know, out of ten. Taking it on its own terms, I would give it a seven. If you were to start like critiquing it as a movie, I think it quickly brings it down to a six or a five. But on charm and visual appeal alone, which I think is the only things that it's really concerned with, it's a seven. All right. Seven out of ten watts. Uh, seven moons out of ten curly hills. Yet again, I did. I forgot to pick a metric. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so I'll go next. Um, uh, uh, yeah, like... I guess I have to do the Jackson way he like uh, ranks, like does the metric. Um, but yeah, I like. Um, I think we kind of covered everything. Like, I think there's a fun, you know, I had more fun, like kind of formulating this, like, you know, take on cultural appropriation than like the movie itself of just like at face value. It's pretty just like. But also, like, I like that it's like. 70 minutes, like more movies should be 70 minutes, you know, Um and uh, it's like I had a great time watching it. And it's like a very easy watch to do. Like it definitely like kind of freaked me out as a kid. But like it's like pretty wholesome. Like even the, like all the Halloween monsters are pretty wholesome. Like um, and uh, yeah, it's just like um, uh, just like unparalleled like art design and creativity. And the animation is so kinetic and like, you know, well thought out. And like the art direction is like just incredible and um the songs are great like um so yeah i i'd say like seven oogies out of ten boogies so yeah so um i am going to rate this slightly higher just because uh like it holds a special place in my heart um i uh feel like i kind of 
said a lot of the issues that I had with it, um, just kind of in the um, overall, like, uh, character, like, development and, like, not even just development, but, like, just character building. Um, like, I feel like it was kind of lacking there. But, uh, yeah, I um, would agree with both of these two scoundrels i don't fucking know where i was going with that <laughs> uh <laughs> the um like the where it really shines is in the visuals and like the art direction the animation like they went through and like they like did the fucking like claymation the like they just like were so meticulous and stuff like just learning the way that they did some of these things is really cool i'd highly recommend for anybody who like really loves the film um just like going on youtube and kind of looking up some of the behind the scenes stuff because uh it's really fascinating like uh learning about the ways that like they did some of these things like they made different models like specifically for like they so that they could switch out the heads for like different um like facial expressions they said that they had like probably 400 different models for jack yeah <laughs> um because they needed like different like expressions depending on how wide his mouth was open but then also depending on if he was like angry or like surprised or like whatever expression he was making um, but yeah, and then like, that's just only the tip of the iceberg too. Like there are just so many like cool effects that like you wouldn't notice unless you kind of like slow down and look at it and like take the time to like really, um, appreciate it and like dive into that. So for anyone who's interested in that stuff, highly recommend. Um, and yeah, just for like all the work that went into that and into the music, like, that's part of the reason, too, that, like, I don't think that, like, I could give this a low rating because, like, it's just um, there was, like, just so much heart that I think went into it. Like, even if um, the writing was a little neglected, like, I think that um, the, uh, like, art teams and, like, the uh, composer and stuff like I think that they um, like definitely put a lot of heart and soul into like making it as good as it can be and like it shows it like is an iconic film I'm so glad that it was uh, part of my introduction to Halloween it will forever hold a special place in my heart and for that I think I'm going to rate it um Nine out of ten zeros. <laughs> That's just all I could think all of right. at the moment. <laughs> no, it's great. I love it. Uh, all right. So uh, thank you so much, Jackson. Thank you so much. Uh, and uh, yeah, we're going to like uh, get into our... <gasps> I've been meaning to listen to that. And I did. Playlist. Playlist. But you've missed that. Ah. No. Um, so, no, you have it. Okay. <laughs> no. No, I love it. I love it. Uh, what's it called? Um, so 
Uh, anyone would like to go first with their pick? Uh, I can go first, um, just because uh, I'm lazy and decided to just pick something uh, from this movie, um, because I think the music in it is really good and it deserves a place in the playlist. Um, so I'm choosing, uh, you could probably guess by me um, being angry about it earlier, but uh, I'm choosing Jack's Lament. <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh boy, I'm kidding. Yay! <laughs> Click. Oh, somewhere deep inside of these bones, an emptiness began to grow. There's something out. I just think it's really good, and it's like subtler and doesn't really get as much love, but um, I. Um, think that like they're like it is like one of the um better written like kind of softer songs too and like the vocals are so fucking good as well and like uh yeah it just really um stands out to me at least <laughs> no, no and I, like i think your points about like it being well written is like very true like um so yeah, I, I like I, I like the song. Yeah, um, so. I think it's just because there are so many other standouts and like it's quickly overshadowed by what's this. Like, I think that um, reasons like that are why, like because you have this is Halloween, like right before it. And then you have what's this like just like not too, too long afterwards. Um, like it kind of uh, gets swallowed up in that because it's uh, mm -hmm. kind of like softer and like subtler but uh i think it deserves some recognition too so i am going to give it that <laughs> yeah and like um what's this this is halloween um so um i'm gonna pick uh yeah i don't know i just like uh one of the first like christmas you know this is like your first halloween you know like movie you've ever seen so one of the first christmas movies i've ever seen is uh the charlie brown christmas and oh that's pick, so good uh, yeah i'm gonna pick uh, there should christmas be a charlie brown halloween the great pumpkin charlie brown no that's the, the great pumpkin. wait what wow no it's not is it he's like linus he thinks like a great pumpkin shows up every halloween there's one where they dress like, as ghosts there's a thanksgiving one and a christmas and a halloween one okay a but the thing is my family always treated that as a thanksgiving one because we would still watch it Despite it, I guess it is a Halloween one. I guess that is the only thing that we watched that was Halloween related. Um, so I always uh, associated it with Thanksgiving because of that. They go <laughs> trick or treating. <laughs> Charlie Brown gets a rock. You know, he dresses up as a ghost, you know, <laughs> like, um, all right. Uh, but yeah, like uh, Christmas time is here by the Vince Guaraldi trio. Click. I'm sorry. Oh, Christmas time is here. Don't apologize. Such a sad song. I just like, um, and it's just like, uh, I just love how melancholy it is. I just love, um, you know, how like kind of instilled that like, you know, appreciation in me at a very young age. And uh, also, I just love how it got reappropriated in like Arrested Development. That always makes me laugh. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> so, so fucking good. <laughs> yeah. That's what it always um, makes me think of now. <laughs> it's the 
funny. It's so funny. Um, so uh, yeah. So uh, Jackson, what's your pick? Um, I actually have two, if that's okay. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Uh, the first one. Uh, obviously, we're recording this quite a bit earlier than it's actually going to come out. So I'm going to consider what I'm going to talk about. Slight spoilers for the uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales game, if you're waiting on it for Christmas or something. But there is a scene in the game where Miles crafts what's considered his uh, standard suit with the black with the red lines. And in that scene in the game, this song plays and I looked it up and it actually has like a orchestral mix that was created for the game. But the song itself is called This Is My Time by Lecrae. Here we go. Found my position. Let's hit the road. Came along. Now my people here with me. I'm in my zone. And it's like a rap artist that implements like really strong uh, like kit beats. And it just sounds really good. And I really like the vibe of it. It's kind of short and sweet. It's a little over two minutes. And... I don't know. It's just it was one of those weird things where when I actually watched the scene in the game, it gave me kind of the same thrill that some of the scenes in the movie Into the Spider-Verse gives me with the way that it uses licensed music. And it actually like was clearly pulling a page from that, but implementing it in a way that made me feel the same. And so I wanted to include that song. Uh, The other one is something that I've just been vibing to lately, which is a cover of Phil Collins in the air tonight by uh, Marissa Nadler and Stephen Brodsky. And it uses a cello as the primary instrument instead of drums. Wow. Oh, wow. I'm so excited to listen to that. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, so thank you so much, uh, Jackson, um, for showing up today. Uh, anything you guys would want to plug? Um, not really. We've been kind of back. Three and a half walls kind of hit a small hiatus about They're midsummer, back. and we've been working our way back. We did a Halloween special. So far, we've recorded one podcast. We've got a couple other videos in the pipeline. Smaller stuff because of the ongoing pandemic in St. Louis going back into lockdown because St. Louisans are irresponsible assholes. But uh, we're trying our best to make a comeback and we have some bigger plans for 2021. So we're hoping that that works out for us and we can bring you even more stuff that we have fun making. Yeah. Check them out on YouTube. Check it. Like, uh, do you have like a hand handles for like Facebook or anything like that? Um, basically, if you just search three and a half walls productions on most socials, we have something. We don't really use our Twitter, but we have one. Uh, Anchor, we release our podcasts on Spotify that way, but we also put up video versions on YouTube and YouTube is our primary upload site for all of our videos. We do try to put them on Facebook later, but not all of them are on there. Um, So uh, Ezra, anything, uh, any socials or anything like you want to plug? Don't find, don't don't find Ezra. Don't find me, please. Don't find me. I have one. Uh, it's just this random letterbox account that I came across. It's called a uh, Robocop work orange, but the orange is spelled O R N G because of a uh, character limit. And I don't know whose it is, but they're really funny. I feel like uh, people should check them out. Uh, I don't know who I wonder who that is. Um, so, um, yeah, you could follow me at uh, on Instagram and Twitter at Andrew A. Lee. 
Uh, you could uh, follow. Oh, I'm on Letterboxd too at Andrew Ambrose Lee. Like I have some fun. Yeah, I, I would love more followers there. Like I, I, I have a lot of fun on that website. Um, so you could follow the show at IBMTLTT on uh, Facebook and Instagram. We might get a Twitter soon. We'll figure it out. Uh, you could uh, follow. You could not follow Ezra at Ezra.Indigo. Now we'll have a closing sentiment from Jackson. Yeah. Oh, uh, I forgot that this was a yeah, part of the podcast. Yeah, just right in the chest. Um, it's okay. All right. Three, two, one. Remember, Remember to watch the, the 1989 Star Wars holiday special on YouTube.com. Thank you so much, everybody. Have, Have a good, good Christmas. Yeah, ho, ho, ho. And a good I'm Halloween. Santa now. Joyous Kwanzaa, everyone. Ho, 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 ho. Only 365 Happy more life, days Jay. till Halloween. 364.